Welcome to Wellspring Church Podcast. We're an international church family who wants to see Jesus' love transform communities. This recording is a sermon from our Sunday service and will take you deeper into the Bible in a real and relevant way. In just a moment, we're going to open God's Word uh, together. I've got some words um, to share with you that I hope will be an encouragement and uh, be life-giving for you. We're going to get a chance to uh, pray together at the end of the service and uh, sing together uh, as well. Um, I wonder if before we go any further, we could pause just for a moment. A couple of parents are going to be coming back from uh, dropping their kids off at groups, but it's important we um, we prepare our hearts and minds um, for what this is. Uh, what this isn't is a chance for you to hear some thoughts from Tim uh, what we pray this is, is a chance for us to hear the heart of God. Would anyone rather hear from God than Tim? Yeah. I know I would. Um, so we actually anticipate, as we do every time we gather like this, that there is, if you like, a pregnancy in the moment of a group of people gathering around the Bible and saying, Lord, would you illuminate the words? And uh, that's our prayer. If you can join with me in that prayer today, um, then then do so. Lord God, we acknowledge your presence here. You're a good God. And uh, you love to speak to your children. And Lord Jesus, we, we recognize you as the shepherd. And we want to be like sheep who know our shepherd's voice. And so, Lord, we pray, would you speak to us? And I, I sincerely pray, Lord, that my words would not get in the way of what you want to say to the people you've gathered here today and the people at home as well. We pray, God, um, be with those in their homes or wherever they are watching this. We covet your presence and we say, Lord, come and be with us as we gather around your word. And God's all God's people say, Amen. Amen. A couple of months ago, I uh, was at a, uh, an overseas, a missions conference in Vienna. I was uh, with YMCA, God's doing some new things in YMCA Europe, and there was a missions conference. I was very privileged to go, um, and uh, we went to Vienna. And at the end of the conference, uh, we obviously came back, we went to the airport, and uh, I was a bit distracted because uh, Watford were playing Luton at home uh, at the time I was through in the airport. So without exaggeration, I was wandering around uh, the airport uh, like this, and uh, screaming at my phone every time Watford scores. Now, if you're here from Luton, God bless you. I don't mean to rub it in, but we thrashed you. <laughs> it was a glorious moment. I could hear, even though I was in another country, I could hear my children chanting all the way across the ocean. But I'm walking through the, and, and I'm cheering on Watford on my phone and uh, embarrassing the people I was with. What a glorious win that was. Just going to bask in that for a moment. And... Uh, and we get to a restaurant, and we hadn't eaten, so we get to a restaurant in the airport, and I wasn't really paying much attention to uh, the, the menu or whatever, and, and they said, oh, well, we, we could get the, the national dish of Austria, um, which some of you might know is Wienerschnitzel. Has anyone had Wienerschnitzel before? Okay. So, um, so I had it, and actually it was really tasty. There was a comment made um, about veal, and... Uh, okay, I just confess, I haven't always paid attention to some issues that perhaps I should have done. Well, that's a, I don't want to open a whole 
animal welfare can of worms, but I, I fear I'm about to. So I then was prompted to look into uh, the way that uh, veal, I mean, it doesn't look delicious like that, right? But um, the, the way that the European veal is raised and produced. And I discovered some things that probably means I'll choose something different from the menu next time. Because I discovered that in many European farms where veal is raised, uh, you know, veal is, is kept to be very pale and tender as a meat. And the way that's done is by enforcing calves uh, to develop anemia. And so I found this picture, and this is of a veal farm. And these are calves taken away from their mothers very soon after birth. Um, they are kept in pens so that they don't move around a lot, so they don't develop any kind of strong, tough muscle, muscle tissue. They are not allowed to exercise. They are not allowed to eat properly. They're kept on milk. And during their short lives, they are kept confined. And most seriously, I think, um, most they, they are kept away from the sun. And so in order to keep them in an anemic state, they have only artificial light or they're kept in complete darkness depending upon the farming practices. And then, having lived a life in dark, they are then slaughtered and then they become Venus schnitzel. And I think after I investigated that, I decided I think there are other things I could choose from a menu, yes? Now, can you just go with me on a train of thought? So I then start thinking about the youth of Europe. And I start thinking about a generation, imagine this, restricted in movement, undernourished, under-exercised, and kept in darkness. And I began to prayerfully consider the kind of conditions that many young people are growing in spiritually, undernourished, under-exercised, locked away, kept in the darkness, separated from parental love, kept from real nourishment. I know this is a very heavy way to start a Christmas message, but here we are. And I then thought about the youth of our town. And I thought, what would it be like to see freedom and spiritual liberty come to a generation that has been locked in darkness? Just hold on to that thought, because that's my prayer. My desire is that something might happen in this church family, in this community, that would bring freedom and liberty and light to those who are kept in darkness. Is anyone with me so far? So, so let me just go back a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks ago, as part of our Eternal King series, uh, we looked at, we're looking at Jesus, the Eternal King. We looked at the whole, uh, Helen talked about the light, light and life to all he brings. And so we looked at the fact Jesus is the light of the world. I want to develop some of her thoughts a bit more even uh, today. Then last week I talked about uh, joyful all ye nations rise to join the triumph of the skies. And we looked at the fact that pleasure arrives for a moment and then it's kind of gone as quickly as it arrives. But joy, the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Holy Spirit rises 
within us. And our prayer and desire is that we might live a life of joy, which is eternal, rather than pleasure, which is momentary. And in developing that idea, I want to talk today about uh, this line in the carol that says this, uh, Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Well, let's read it together. What's the next line? Hail the Son of Righteousness. Now, it's very easy to just sing these words. Oh, that sounds nice. What does that actually mean? Does anyone read the songs that we, the, the words off the, the, what does that actually mean? Does anyone else, you should, it's a good question to ask. What does that actually mean? Hail the son of righteousness. What kind of language is this anyway? Well, we know where the language of hail comes from. And that is, it, it comes, it's an ancient way of showing respect to an authority. So in the first century, it was hail Caesar. And if someone wanted to test whether you had an allegiance or a loyalty to Caesar, they would simply say in your presence, hail Caesar. And you have, you have one choice with different consequences. If you choose to say, hail Caesar, all's good. If you don't say, hail Caesar, similarly and much more recently, we understand the German equivalent of this. Hail Hitler, is that not in Hitler's presence necessarily, it could be at any point, someone would test you to say, Heil Hitler, and you would either raise your arm and declare that, or you would be in trouble. It's a test. So we understand where this whole idea of hail comes from. In fact, when Jesus enters uh, Jerusalem in John chapter 12 on a donkey, it says uh, they shouted, they, they, they palm branches, they go down the road to meet Jesus as he's coming, and they shouted this, praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord, hail to the king of Israel, hail to the king of Israel. They lift up, hail, and it's a way of showing honor and respect. So I just want to establish that if we're going through this. So when, what does it mean when we say, hail the heaven-born prince of peace? It means he is the heaven-born Prince of Peace. It means we are lowering ourselves and acknowledging the authority of the Prince of Peace. Can I hear an amen to that? And in the same way, well, what does it mean when we say, hail the Son of Righteousness? It's not like, oh, look over there, there's the Son of Righteousness. No, actually, it is hail, honor the Son of Righteousness. What does that actually mean? Well, hopefully, in a few minutes, some of this will be even clearer. Hail the Son of Righteousness. The son of righteousness. Well, this is not a phrase that the carol writer came up with. This actually comes from um, the page before the first page of the New Testament. If you have a physical Bible, anyone remember these? This is an antique. Um, so before the first page of uh, the New Testament, um, the last couple of paragraphs of Malachi it. And Malachi was a prophet in the Old Testament. And actually, uh, the heavens were pretty silent for a couple hundred years after these words were written. The final prophecy of the Old Testament says this in Malachi chapter 4, verse 1. The Lord of heaven's army says, the day of judgment is coming, burning like a furnace. On that day, the arrogant and the wicked will be burned up like straw. They'll be consumed Roots, branches, and all. Merry Christmas. 
I'm not going to rush away from this verse just for a moment. Let's think about it. It's talking about the day of the Lord. Something that Ezekiel and other prophets prophesied. They said there's coming a day of the Lord, a day of reckoning, a day of judgment. Now, whether you believe this or not doesn't change whether it's true or not. And there's a day coming where every knee will bow at the ultimate authority of the universe. And actually, uh, like the sun, with with such a, a fierce and brilliant and majestic and beautiful brilliant luminance that is also fierce and powerful and clear and um, holy, the glory of the Lord will actually consume everything that isn't glorious. Everything that isn't light will be destroyed ultimately by the ultimate light, yes? And so for those who choose to be arrogantly of the darkness... Not just in darkness, but those who choose to be of the darkness, there's really frightening circumstances. But, listen to this, I love, I love this verse 2, let's focus here, but let's read this together, shall we? But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. Let's, let's read it one more time. But for you who fear my name... The son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. This is an amazing promise. For you who fear the Lord, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. There's a day of of judgment coming, but now there's a day of salvation. There's an opportunity to turn and face the son And that's the title of my message today. See the sunrise. See the rising of the sun of righteousness. And those who fear the Lord, those who face him, those who acknowledge him, the the sun will rise with healing in his wing. The consequence of the rise of the sun will be healing, will be restoration, will be physical healing. Hallelujah. This is an amazing promise. And now we understand after Jesus comes, Jesus is the son of righteousness. That's why the cow says, hail, the son of righteousness from Malachi has now been born. That's what this drama brilliantly illustrates, is that instead of the, the kingdom of darkness, which is only interested in itself and its destructive ways, while we think we've got something that's going on, it's only short-lived, the eternal king, the eternal son of righteousness rises with healing in his wings, hallelujah. I don't know if you've, uh, if you remember much from your child, but I remember reading one thing from Reader's Digest that my grandma in Kansas in her house, there wasn't anything on TV, we'd already mown all the grass, and so I just, I picked up the Reader's Digest. There wasn't a lot of grass. There's more dust, really. Just drove around in the sit-on mower and just dust. But I, I called it mowing the grass. Okay, so anyway, uh, I remember reading this story in the Reader's Digest. I'll never forget it. And it was about this place, actually. It was called Barrow. It's now called uh, Ukjavik. And it's in the Arctic Circle. It's the northernmost town in North America, in the um, United States, in Alaska. And um, I read this story, and it just had such an impact on me. And it, it's about... 
the power of darkness and the impact of the sun. You see, in Ukjakvik, uh, the sun set on November the 18th, and the sun will not rise until January the 23rd at about 1304. And in that 65 days of darkness, there's, a, there's, no sun, there's no sun above the horizon, right? People are living. Now, you might ask the question, why do people live there? Well, they don't choose to be born there, so I reckon some people just stay. Because it doesn't get above freezing in the whole of that 60. I mean, I, what I mean is it doesn't get above freezing in Fahrenheit uh, for those 65 days. And I, I read this story, and it had an impact on me. It was about a boy, when it got to January the 23rd, there was a boy who um, wanted to be the first to see the sun. So his dad built him a platform with a ladder. The top of the ladder, a little viewing platform. And he wanted to be the first person in the whole of the town to see the sunrise. And the story is about this kid waiting and waiting and waiting in the freezing, biting cold for the first glimpse of the sun to leave the darkness behind and to lean and to see the sun rise. I remember being so impacted by that story because I recognized that there's something in each and every one of us that longs for the light of God's glory and grace. And we have a choice to make. Do we either look to the sunrise? Do we look to the source of light? Or do we hide away in the darkness? Now, if you find out about this town now, there, there's terrible issues during these months with an increase in depression and despair and domestic violence and sexual violence. The suicide rate goes off the chart during these months. The reason is because we were not designed to stay in the darkness. It's not how we were made. And the sun, the, the natural sun, the huge fireball sun, actually is both hugely destructive if you get too close. If the earth moved even a few hundred kilometers closer to the sun, would be burning up. This place wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be able to breathe. It would be so hot. And so, so the sun is fierce. But also, we need the light from the sun for vitamin D. And in fact, it's, it's shown to be a cure for many, many diseases. Just spend more time, not even by a window, but outside. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Some of you know people that have had that as a prescription. What you need to do is you need to get in some sunlight. You need to turn and face the sun. Well, as that is physically, how much more is that a reality spiritually? How much more do we need to turn and face the sun? Hail, the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail, the Son of Righteousness, who rises with healing in his wings. Hallelujah. A friend of mine, a member of my team at YMCA, uh, Pastor Geert, uh, took this picture in Norway uh, just a few weeks ago. This is noon in northern Norway. This is midday. And we were talking about the, the way that when the sun rises in that particular community, everyone is able to do so much more. They're more sociable. Uh, and then when they hide together, when it gets dark, they kind of get together waiting effectively for the next hours of daylight. In some ways, our human existence now, our, our experience now, is like, it's like, it's a, like a partial 
fulfillment of the prophecy that Malachi prophesied. You see, Jesus is risen with healing in his wings. He is. One day we are going to see the full, blazing, glorious son of heaven. In the meantime, we actually need to choose to live in the light, to be active in the light, to look for the son of righteousness. Hallelujah. To turn and face the sun. In John's gospel, he has a conversation. Uh, Jesus has a conversation with Nicodemus. And he makes this, Jesus makes this observation. They're meeting at night, which is not lost on any of us. It's an amazing conversation. He says this in verse 18 of John chapter 3. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. As in he's talking about himself. There's no judgment against anyone who believes in me. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. Now that's either gloriously true or hugely arrogant of Jesus. That's what he says. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they're doing what God wants. That's just an honest observation, and we see it every day, do we not? We prefer sometimes to hide in the shadows, to hide in the shadows. And yet, for God, he, darkness is as light to him. There's nothing that he can't see. But the invitation is to bring our stuff, our life, our shame, our brokenness, our disappointments, our fears, all the rubbish, all the pain, all the scars, to bring it into the light of the Son of Righteousness. And he rises with healing in his wings. And he rises not to judge us. Jesus came to the world not to judge the world, but to save it. Can I hear an amen from anyone who believes it? Hail the son of righteousness who rises with healing in his wings. Hallelujah. It's time for us to stop hiding and start looking to the sun. And if you're here today and you feel like you've been hiding and you feel like I'm reading your mails, like how can, he, how can Tim know? Well, hey, listen, you're not alone. You're not alone. We all at times are in danger of hiding in the darkness. Hide in the darkness of an addiction that no one else knows about. Hiding in the darkness of a relationship that we know is bad for us. Hiding in the darkness of, of, of kind of cycles of, of thought or behavior that are destructive to us, but they've become part of our identity. I just want to tell you, listen, th this is a day of liberation for you. It can be a day of liberation. This Christmas can be different because you bring all of that stuff into the light of the Son of Righteousness and look to the sunrise and see what he can do. Hallelujah. That's been my experience many times. And the Lord says, why are you hiding from me, Tim? No, I'm not. Well, then can we talk about this? No, 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 no. We can't, we can't talk about this. Well, why are you hiding from me, my son? The number of times I've brought those things maybe a little bit <laughs> tentatively into the presence of Jesus. So, Jesus, can we talk about this? He's like, at last. At last. I want to shine my light into every area of your life. And he does. 
and he rises with healing in his wings. Hallelujah. God is speaking to me. I hope he's speaking to you. Listen to this, the second half of verse 2, and then we'll come into land shortly. This is the first part. But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. And let's read these next verses, the second half. And you will go free, leaping with joy like calves let out to pasture. Hallelujah. And you will go free, leaping with joy like calves let out to pasture. Those that were held in darkness liberated to dance in the light. Those that were undernourished, those that were captive to be set free by the Son of Righteousness. And you, Israel, he says, you will go free and you will leap like a calf set out to pasture. Imagine that. Imagine someone liberating a calf from that, the veal farm. Get out of the barn and, and let the warmth of the light of the sun shine on you. Be how you were created to be. That's the heart of God for you and I today. God is saying, I want you to be the fullness of everything I've created you to be. So be set free. Get out the barn. Hallelujah. That's for someone today. And of course, the ultimate story is this with Jesus, is that he lived to die. And he became subject to death on a cross. But after three days, hallelujah, after three days, after three days, he burst forth and the sun rose more brightly than anything in the whole of history. And now the risen son of righteousness has risen and is now seated in the highest place in the universe. Now his radiance fills the heavens. Revelation 21 says there's no, no soon there's no sun or moon in heaven. Now, actually, the whole of heaven is filled with his radiance and there's no night because of the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. And so we sang in the carol, and I'll come into land with this, Christ in highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord. Christ in highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord. In fact, I'm going to take the one minute or take me now just to read those verses because I think they're important. Revelation 21, I saw no temple in the city for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of sun or moon for the glory of God illuminates the city and the Lamb, which is talking about Jesus, the Lamb is its light. The nations will walk in its light and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. Its gates will never be closed at the end of the day because there's no night there. Hallelujah. And all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter. Nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. They say that. And all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city because the gates are always open, because it's never dark, it's never night, because the Son of Righteousness fills heaven with all his radiance. Hallelujah. So this is where we say, Christ the highest, in highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord. We say, hail the son of righteousness who rises with healing in his wings. Hallelujah. What if the band could come up? We're going to sing together. This, this is, let me just put it in a nutshell for you today. If you're here today 
and your face is turned away from the God who created you. Can I, can I be so bold as to urge you? Because I might not get this, other, this opportunity with you again. Can I tell you, there is more for you. Jesus died and rose again so you would no longer live in the darkness, but you would turn and face Jesus, the Son, the risen Son, and in that receive healing and restoration. Face the Son. Get out of the barn. Because all of heaven is calling you out. Come out. You can be free. You don't need to stay in that barn any longer. Be free in Jesus' name. And if I'm speaking to you today, I urge you. I'll give you an opportunity in a moment. We're going to sing a song together. After that, I'm going to give you an opportunity to make a declaration, to, make a, to kind of put this as a, a moment for you, put a flag in the ground to accept that invitation. The second thing I want to say is that after we've sung a song together, we're going to pray for healing. And if you're here today and you need physical healing, we're just simply going to stand on the word of the Lord that says, when we hail the son of righteousness, there's healing in his wings. So we're going to pray for you at home as well. We're going to pray that God will bring healing. So the band are going to lead us in this song and let's respond in our hearts. Lord God, we thank you for your presence here. We say, Holy Spirit, would you move in this place? Move at home. Have your way in this place. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by what you've heard. If you'd like to know more about Jesus, Wellspring Church, or how you can grow with others in faith, connect with us by clicking the link in the episode description or joining us on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. in person and online.